Welcome to Season 2 of Driving La Carrera. I'm your host, Jeff Mason. Each episode on the podcast, we share stories from our own rally racing adventures, and we interview rally teams who are racing around the world. Part personal journal and part how-to guide, we make this show for everyone who loves a great adventure. Today on the podcast, our guest is, in my opinion, one of the best motorsports photographers in the world. His loves include beards, cameras, and cars. He is a part-time Viking and a member of the Modal Media team, as well as Volante Automotive. I am happy to welcome to the podcast, Frederick Hergods. Welcome, Herr Frederick. Thank you. Thank you very much. And actually, that's the, you're the first person to in the U.S. to pronounce my name correctly. It's been massacred by massively before but congratulations well i am so happy to uh, to to have passed the test that that you makes me feel good flying, flying colors i feel so multicultural you are you are yeah. i mean we met in mexico we did you know but you we actually didn't did we actually meet we, we met like, halfway like halfway. We, I think we said yeah. hi and we did the formalities as, as i do as a, as a photographer in a lot of times yep and then usually it happened this happens quite often that you know you, you get in touch after the work is done, he said, like, oh, man, we should have had this X, Y, Z conversation or we should have had a talk. But, you know, you're in the race. I'm I'm shooting. You're you're co-driving. Yeah. I'm correct. Yeah. Um, and it, we're all very busy at that point. So, <laughs> yeah, everybody, everybody has their job to do, don't they? Yeah. And then we, yeah. we 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 cross each other many times, but we. Right. It's not always the time to get into deep conversation. That that is that is true. As a as a, as part of a, a team, my my head is definitely in uh, what I'm doing. But that is exactly what happened. We connected again on Instagram, and I was like, "Oh my God, how do we yeah. not uh, have a conversation while we were there?" But but uh, we're rectifying that today, Absolutely. and uh, and having a conversation today. And I'm really happy to have you uh, here. I really love your work. Uh, your you images are just Thank you very much. awesome. Um, I try my like, best. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, you've got, your work has that sort of great, Hey, there's that beauty shot of the car in that place, in that race. And it, you got all the dyn dynamism of, of the event. And then you've got these great other asides that are really showing the human side and, and all the other parts of, uh, of racing, um, that, that, you know, as a, a, a driver or co-driver we get to see mm -hmm. not everybody always gets to see and i, I love well, it thank you that. because that's actually you, you've quite kind of expressed exactly what i'm aiming for so so if, if you see that in what i do i'm very happy because then oh I'm great the, I'm, on, I'm on the right track yeah i, I would say you are <clears throat> so you are a really busy guy since the end of january <laughs> i've kept track of this since the end of january <laughs> you were at the rolex 24 hours of daytona and yes, down sir. in florida daytona speedway <clears throat> you were at the retro mobile show in paris this is yes. just in the last month you were a track day <laughs> at uh circuit zolder in belgium which is where you are today where you're from and then yeah. you were all the way out in uh krasnoyarsk russia for yes, winter Krasnoyarsk. drift battle Yes, in Siberia. Yes, in Siberia. I mean, man, and, you and, get. A... And when I came back, I went to Monaco the day after. <laughs> you get around, boy. You travel. I do. I do. I do. But um, it's like you know, the best stories are not around the church. Like as we say in, in Flemish, they're not in the neighborhood of the church tower. Ah, so yeah. You have, you have to go and find them. Hey everyone, this is Jeff. I'm going to put the podcast on pause for just one moment. This interview with Frederick 
was recorded in February 2020 before a global pandemic began affecting us all. So let's step into our time machines, use our imaginations, and imagine a time uh, before COVID-19 when auto racing was still happening around the world. I followed the Rolex 24 hours pretty closely during that race and uh, was mm -hmm. glad to know you were there. You reached out to me uh, on Instagram, yeah. I think, and said, hey, man, I'm here, which was awesome. And I was so <laughs> glad. I, actually, I, I kind of felt like I, was, ah, I got a friend there. So I felt like I was there a yeah. little bit. But yeah. um, I know that that was a you had mentioned a couple of times that that was a uh, like a big milestone for you. Tell me about that. That was, I mean, um, coming from Europe, like I live uh, in Belgium. So obviously the, when you think about racing, you think about Belgium, the next thing you think is Spa-Francorchamps, mm -hmm. which is obviously an, an amazing track. And I'm used to, I've been very fortunate to, to be able to visit a lot of Europe's great tracks, thinking Nürburgring, Monza, uh, Spa, obviously numerous times, I think about 30 times a year. Mm -hmm. Coming into a place like with, with the heritage and the... Um, a panache of of daytona you're like you're, you're in a big oval yeah it's, there's nothing more american than an oval in racing and <laughs> that is true <laughs> i mean but that you do sports true. car racing as well so so it's kind of a european twist uh right say, right with the that, infield track yeah yep. infield track the prototypes the gts uh mm -hmm. GTLMs as, as the u.s called mm -hmm. them mm -hmm. and it's it's um for me because it's a complete, it's a night race. It's complete, but it's completely lit. Like I'm used right. to shooting Nurburgring in pitch dark, right? Um, and trying not to get the high beams straight in the lens and basically blinding you for the next ten minutes. Um, <laughs> and that was a very different experience because the entire banking was lit. And um, I, um, the the guys from Motel calls uh, in in the in the in in the US. They call me their favorite Euro um, European American. <laughs> um, because they, I, I, I gel very well in the American vibe of motorsport. Everyone brings their IV or their trailer or their or their camper van, and they camp out next to the track from yeah. Wednesday. Yeah, and I love that. Like that doesn't happen in Europe. If you go to Le Mans, you see rows and rows of people like in little chairs or maybe or folding chairs or on the floor. But there's most of the campings um, are far away from the track. Um, oh, are they? Only, yeah, only only Nurburgring is an exception where they have twenty kilometers of camping around the track. No, no, not even not not all zones are allowed to be camped in. While at the infield of of Daytona, I think most of the place was was like all with Full the, the atmosphere was amazing and yeah. For me, That's also just the name, the Rolex Twenty Four. Like I've, I'm, I'm doing my Alonso here. I'm doing my big three or whatever you want to call it. Um, <laughs> right, your triple I'm, crown. Yeah, my triple crown. I'm, I'm trying yeah. to nail as many of them as I can. Like in Daytona, I was right up there. Like when I got the call to do Daytona, I pinched myself. It's like, nah, they're lying. That can't be true. Um, and <laughs> to get the big call up to the show. Walking, yeah. When I was walking up that banking, it it, it, it only then dawned me. Like, yeah, Daytona. So that was nice. really cool. yes, And that banking exactly. is steep, isn't it? Um, it's it is steep on the side bits, but the front yeah. bit is is like a, a, a just a kink, so it wasn't that steep. But you mm -hmm. know, if you could the cool thing is like if you stand in the infield of Daytona and you see the cars pass, you have to look up, which mm. is a very weird sensation because the cars are about driving above your head in essence. Yeah. Um yeah. which is weird. <laughs> 
So when and where did your career in photography begin? It started, absolutely, it's coming back. Like, I think my, I, my, my first steps in photography were at the fence in Zolder, the circuit of Zolder in Belgium, uh-huh. which is about 30 minutes from my house. I was with a, a, a shitty point and shoot one of my friends bought. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, I think there was a two second shutter delay and we were trying <laughs> to nail moving cars with a two second. It was, yeah. it was hit or miss, but we had the, the best time of our lives. So motorsports photography was right at the beginning then. That was at the beginning actually. Yeah. And it was, I think yeah. it was like about 15, 16. I started like experimenting with this 14 maybe. Um, but it wasn't even until I got 18, 19 that I got really serious. I, I got my first DSLR, an Eon mm-hmm. 400D. It was a very, very bit of a funny story. Like my family had this tradition of always when you, when somebody turns 18, they get a an Omega watch or something, just like something mm-hmm. that basically lives on for a lifetime. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's I a was nice like, tradition. It's a very nice tradition. But I was yeah. like, I don't need a watch. Like I crawl <laughs> and I crawl over everything. Like I fall down, I, I bike, I, I will definitely bring that watch like or I'll never <laughs> wear it. Yeah. Get me a camera instead. Like, right. I, I want, I don't want to watch, like I'll get a watch after. It took some while, but inevitably, and now it's always in the family goes like, we're happy you didn't get the watch. Um, <laughs> what if they had, had totally ignored you and bought you the watch? What would have happened? I don't know. I'm persistent. So I might have just yeah. like, done car washes and mowed lawns for forever. And, <laughs> and, and but you might've been mad anyway. at them for a long time. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Let's yeah, keep yeah. that in the middle. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we don't do that. Hold a little secret grudge. <laughs> right, right, right. So, so when do you, um, so when do you sort of evolve to join Modal as part of their media crew? Because that's a that that's is that what's really sort of getting you around and getting you to all these interesting places? Part part of it. Part of it. I'm, yeah. I'm very lucky to have uh, a few. Consistent and very interesting clients uh, mm-hmm. in, in the world of automotive, uh, but Motul is is a very big part of my life since I think it started growing. Like when we first like, because it's it's not me that works directly for them. It's a bit within. There's a small production company, like a marketing company, that does is part of the Motul Media crew, and, and mm-hmm. they do the producing. And there is a desktop. We have a desktop writer this year, uh, so he does all the phone researching, and I'm like the flying reporter. I'm like the guy who who gets out. Yeah, um, that's basically the story. But I think the story started about I think even like 2017. We started with mm. the first smaller project with Motul. And then we slightly worked our way up in in the the ranks, and now we we together with with Motul, we started the Motul Media Crew, mm-hmm. um, which is more of a concept. Like it's it's at this point mostly it's me, but there's also um, a Polish video guy who does Dakar. There are there are Russian media. It's a general term for everyone that creates media for Motul, but. They're just producing great, great stuff. I mean, they I, I thought what they did at, at Dakar this year, they produced some really yeah. great stuff. And they had some yeah, really great photographers out there. Yeah, the, they have the um, that's the thing, they're a title sponsor of Dakar. So they have the entire Dakar photography staff yeah. um at their disposal, which stinks on another side because that is exactly the reason I'm not at Dakar. <laughs> <laughs> oh, right, because they've got it all covered. Yeah, they got the helicopters yeah. guys. With the, I think it's DFBI who serves the um, serves up the photography for the entire event. I oh, think they've yeah. got like ten guys there or something, and they're oh, all quite good. Awesome. I know, of, I know a few of them. And no, but when it comes to Motul, it's like 
um, they used to be the way I feel it. They used to be mostly a bike um, driven brand. If you're into bikes, chances are you know Moto better than if you're into cars, right? But it's it's mainly it's my I don't want to say it's my mission, but it's it is part of my job to open that perspective via my channel storytelling on the Moto Media Crew photography um, to to show what the brand is all about. Well, I think you're doing a great job. I mean, Thank again, you. I I, I uh, respect any anybody who's you know investing in storytelling and really getting out there and getting you know good storytells at those moments, at those places to uh, to capture what's there. Because otherwise, it's just a you know a slideshow from somebody. You know, it's yeah, like it's, it's, you don't really get to feel it. The, it's there. a funny story that you mentioned that it's like the, the Instagram stories I'm producing for them. Um, they're, they weren't actually part of the original brief. It was just their digital manager, Charles, who's an amazing guy. And he, um, he saw like, what you're doing on your own stories is really awesome. Mm-hmm. It's authentic. Like you, you don't have, I'm not, a, I don't have a presenter look. I have a very long beard, which is often not very trimmed at all. Some <laughs> a bit too, too Vikingy. Um, I, I, you know, you're at events, it's hot, you're sweating, you don't look everything as, you don't look glamorous right. at that point. You are not, you are not the pretty announcer. And they just were, I was doing this for myself and they just like, we really want you to do this for us. And apparently what, what they see in numbers, because I don't really keep track of, of all the numbers, yeah. but apparently people, people tend to like it. And because it's, I'm telling it from a real perspective and not a scripted or, um, when I, when I do an interview, I just basically tap someone on the shoulder and stuff my camera, my, my phone in their face. Um, <laughs> yeah. And, and you, you can tend to get a natural reaction from that. Um, so yeah, well, I think it's, um, I think it's on your, uh, your contact. And I was looking at it cause I was looking for your phone number. It says enthusiast. Like that's your tagline on, on, on your general your, enthusiast. Yeah. General that's- enthusiast, which, which I think is really what like your enthusiasm comes across yeah. in what you're doing. And I think uh, that's what draws people in. So when you're on assignment, are you typically assigned to a particular, to a team, to a, a modal sponsored team? And you're going to, you're going to shadow them uh, um, throughout the event. It depends on the narrative of the mm-hmm. the event. Um, for instance, um, I remember, and sometimes I decide this myself. I'm happy with that. Motul gives me a lot of freedom, mm-hmm. so they I can decide where I think the story is. I remember doing a 24 hours of spa back in the day, two years ago, I think it was, um, when uh, the RGN Nismo team we had the Nismo, and it was a big grand, red, big red Gran Turismo and Motul branded uh, Nismo GT3 car, mm-hmm. and um, I just decided like. Um, there is a McLaren as well. I'm going to take some pictures of the McLaren, maybe even during free practice. But during the race, I'm going to entirely focus, like capture every moment. Like it's for me, it's it's very mm-hmm. interesting because I've been I've been pressed for a very long time, and then you just make a general assessment of the event. But when you get like it's 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 not nearly as scary. But when it's like being embedded with a, a military. Um, mm-hmm. Marine Corps yeah. or something, but less scary. There's there's less shooting. Um, <laughs> but One hopes. It feels like you're part of the like you're not part of the team, but you're very closely yeah. related to it. And even there are some teams that make after a while make me feel like I'm part of it. So yeah. that's that's one part. So I choose um, I choose the stories myself. Or we just go with the most interesting stories that could be a driver, that could be um, 
just the car or or the if it's a local team i uh, for instance i remember a very big story um for daytona was not only obviously the the bmw side of the story mm-hmm. was the, yeah with bobby ray hall's car yeah, Bobby Rayo's car, and there was a big Motel sticker on it, which mm-hmm. there used to be a big sticker of the competition, which from, from a business perspective is a big news for Motul, but also from yeah. it's a BMW Motorsport, so it's a big name. But yeah. then on the other hand, there was an interesting story unfolding in GTD, in GT Daytona, because mm-hmm. there was the um, 911 from FAF Motorsport, the Pled uh, Motul 911, which was entirely red. It was a fully... Motul yeah. branded car, sure, um, yeah, which was also like there was a, a smaller team, so the access is easier and the the atmosphere is different because it's a, a GTD team instead of a full factory supported team. I mean, I had I did an interview with a BMW Motorsport, just a director uh, sure. from Germany, so that was it went really high up. Well, in FAF, it's I think FAF is a Canadian dealership or something, and they have various Porsche dealerships throughout Canada and USA. And there is this more easy atmosphere, like yeah. everyone's very open, and there's there's less pressure. Although it's a very important race for everyone, it's not like a factory team. And usually, I prefer like more of the smaller teams to work with. So taking a step away from Modal, what yeah. would be your your dream race to photograph? Right now, looking forward, looking into the future. It's it's actually that's that's a hard question because it sounds so vain. But I've I've done a lot of them already. Like I've, I've <laughs> done twenty, I've done twenty yeah. Prazo Le Mans, I've done Goodwood Festival Speed uh, Revival. I've done Nurburgring twenty Nurburgring twenty four hours. Um, I believe one of the things I really wanted to do um, is the Monaco GP. I always watched the Monaco GP since since as far as I can remember. I mean it's arguably the most boring race to watch because where do you overtake? Right. Right. Um, but it's also wildly spectacular. I always look back at the images of, of when they just had the streets and some hay bales and there was one Manuel Fangio right. pouring it in his Maserati. I mean, like they still pretty much do that apart from the hay bales are guardrails now. Oh yeah, yeah. And I know one, I know one, the Baja 1000. I want to do Baja 1000 and the yeah. car. I think the cars are so much more spectacular. Yeah. Like if you yeah. see like a Baja truck, like a trophy truck properly, like with the suspension yeah. travel they have and the stands and the way they look. Sure. And then if you look at the 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 Toyota, which is a great car, that Nasser LT, uh, no. Sure, the Hilux. Car Science one. Uh, the yeah. car is here. But oh, Nasser yeah, LT the buggy. Toyota, uh, yeah. But if you look at them, also when you look at the regulations, they're much more restrained. Yeah, well, in the Baja regulations, like I don't want to say anything goes, but it's 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 a lot more spectacular. And the way those cars eat up terrain is a lot more spectacular than a Dakar car does. Although yeah. I don't want to this or put away anything from the the Dakar cars; they're absolutely amazing. But yeah, I, it's I a like different race. Yeah, it's a different race. I mean, I would like preferably to do both, um, not to be greedy, but yes. <laughs> so speaking of trucks. I know that you really like your yes. Ford Raptor. I have a, and a I, correction. I have a Ford Ranger Raptor. Oh, it's a Ranger. Yeah, I thought it was. The, I thought that grill was the Raptor grill. See, that shows you just how much I know the, about trucks. It is the Raptor grill, but there is um, Europe gets. Um, we don't get the F one fifty. Ah, um, see, that's what that was my question. My question was, how do people in Europe react to a truck that size? And I guess it's it's not that size because I'm thinking of the. It's still it's still too big for for most most <laughs> for most things. Uh, but that makes more big. sense to me now. Um, it remains a diesel engine truck. 
Yeah. Um, in, in European money, I have 550 Newton meters of torque in the car, which basically can send this thing up any hill, any obstacle, yeah. whatever you want, or even make some relatively fast cars look silly on a, uh-huh. on a red light, which I, which I right. don't recommend, but you know, <laughs> it happens. We it happens. Weak, we have our weak moments. Well, do you have a sports car in the garage as well? Is there just a truck for you now? No, at this point, um, I don't have one. Um, I've been looking for, um, and, but I'm, I'm lucky enough that I have a very good network of PR people, some of them who are actual friends. And if I have a project or an idea, I can always like, can I nick your Toyota Supra for a weekend? Or I have a Toyota Corolla GR sport version uh, on the driveway now. Like, can I nick that for a week? Oh, nice. Um, oh, and that's like, yeah, good. sure. And, and I make some pictures. I do the influence thing. I, I, I hate that yeah. word. But I, I influence the hell out of that car. And, <laughs> and you get to drive it for a week. I and get then to you drive it for a week. It. I don't have to own it. So, uh, yeah, I've done that with some Porsches. I've done that with some, I think the most spectacular car on the driveway has been a McLaren 720S, Oof. Um, which I live in a very rural village, which mm-hmm. basically was like the talk of the town that there was a McLaren. <laughs> Did you see when Frederick <laughs> drove in? People actually stopping in the middle of the road to take pictures of it, like just yeah. like in the, oh, stopping in the middle of the street, opening their window. It was a busy street. Opening, yeah. It was like a small traffic jam in front of my house. The local police are going to come and say, I'm, yeah, you're really going to have to move that. Move this, <laughs> move this car somewhere. All right. Th- this is a line in the sand kind of question. You either are, you aren't. Okay. Um, Hit me. GT40. The best looking race car ever made, yes or no? No. It's, oh. it's nice. It's nice. But <laughs> look, if you look at a 250 third wheelbase, I mean, argument over. A 250 Ferrari? Yeah, a 250 short yeah, wheelbase. Yeah. That is yeah. arguably better looking. I mean, I really like the look of the GD40. But I mean, which generation I, I, do you I, mean? Because the one they raced was kind of a plexiglass knockup, bolted one together, and then they made a nice one after. Um, I like the Mach 2. I, I do still like the Mach 2, which was it's, the, it, which was the it looks really things. well, but there is yeah. so much more in car design. To my opinion, like I love the GD40 for for its value and what's done in motorsport, but and the design has been great and interesting. But like if look at a 250, I don't want to say 250 GTO because everyone slaps that term around everything. But like look at a 250 275, yeah, um, or even at uh, Daytona, it's maybe not as pretty, but like a 275, like it's, or 250 short wheelbase. I'm not a Ferrari guy, but I like these cars. I, I agree. That that would, 250 would be my, my, uh, my second. From, as second a car choice. design or, a Cal- or like a two, no, original 250 California. No doubt. So, all right. So here's another question. Um, your Instagram profile says beards, coffee, yeah. and cars. Beards, cameras, yeah. and cars. Oh, I'm so yeah, yeah. Beard cameras and co- I added the coffee because the coffee I, I, I said um, running yeah. on high octane coffee. Yes, All right, so I have it in there. Beards, beards, cameras, cars. Yes. If you had to give up one, give up one. Which one would it be? Throw the beard. <sighs> that easy. Right yeah, I mean, the beard is you just clean there. yourself up. If I, if I, if that would mean I wouldn't take pictures and I wouldn't drive cars anymore, of course, like oh, uh, I, people, it also has a benefit because people would think I'd be 25 instead of 32. 
instantly younger. Although you might lose or your, of, your Viking credentials. Because people, yeah, my Viking credentials would have to go. Yeah. But then, then again, if you look at the history books, they weren't very bearded that often. <laughs> it was more <laughs> fiction that, that gave the beard, but let's let's not divulge into that. <laughs> That's a whole nother podcast topic. Yeah, absolutely. I'm sure there is a podcast about Viking history. Probably, and, and, there must and, be, there must be. The role of beards in the uh, conquest of Europe. So, so for people who haven't seen your work, where where can they go and uh, and see all of your awesome uh, photographs, be they motorsport or autosport? I, I think um, the best way is Instagram at her Frederick, uh, which is H E W R Frederick with a K. Um, I try to post as much of. Also, it's a current affairs kind of thing, so you know what I'm up to, especially on the story wise, what I'm what I'm up to, and. I'll try and show some cool stuff I'm up to. Yeah, I always I, I always open up your story to see where you are and, and see all the funny stuff you're doing. <laughs> it's like, where's Wally? But then where's Frederick? It Fred? is. A little, <laughs> like, where's, where's, where's Frederick? Well, Frederick, yeah. it has been an absolute pleasure to talk with you today. Thank you so Thank much you. for making some time uh, to be on the Driving La Carrera podcast uh, and, uh, and share some stories and uh, tell Absolutely. us, you know, the truth about how all these images get created. I mean, it's, it, uh, certainly it's, it's an, it seems like an adventurous, uh, profession. And, uh, yeah, I, and I haven't even gotten started about La Carrera, which is an entire oh, podcast. Yeah, we haven't even, so maybe we'll have to have you back for another, <laughs> uh, maybe just a Carrera story episode. We've, uh, we've done a couple of those with just our team and yeah, we're always like, there's endless stories there. Uh, of, to of wrap the it up, it was, it was a lifetime, uh, life-changing experience for myself personally. So yeah. Okay. Now we definitely we have to that. have you back for another episode because i got to hear about all that <laughs> anyway thanks again for being with us yeah. and uh i will we will certainly be in touch and uh and if i don't see you before or talk to you before we will probably see each other uh in mexico again mexico, absolutely that's the plan